Hello, Brain Buddies. You're listening to Brains Out Loud, where we talk about important topics surrounding mental health from our personal life to our work life and everywhere in between. Our goal is that through these conversations, we can help others normalize mental health on the same level as physical health. I'm so excited about our guest today. We have Julie Ward with us, who helps others transition to health using foods and habit hacks. Welcome, Julie. Can you tell us about yourself? Thanks for being here. Thank you for having me. Um, Yeah, so I'm a plant-based nutritionist, health coach. Um, I gave up meat and dairy and everything about 30 plus years ago. Um, And it was for me, it was really just about following what innately my body told me to do. And I think that's one of the things that I really help people do. It's like, you know, mindfulness and being aware of how food makes you feel. And it's more than just how does it make you feel in your stomach, but it's also about how does it make you feel mood-wise, right? And if you really notice, there's certain foods that make us feel really great, and there's certain foods that really make us feel not so great, and there are foods that make us want to go to sleep. So you have to decide where you want to live in that in that space, you know, of your food and your life and what kind of energy I want and what do I want to think about and, and those kinds of things. And that's what I really help people do. Let's let's talk about food, you know? Yeah, it's an important conversation to have. And if we as humans are cars, then you want to fill up your tank. You want to fill that engine with stuff that makes you feel good and helps the engine run. Um, so what made you passionate about tying in the mental health piece? You talked about mind-body connection a little bit, but what put you on the path to use food as a healing source for mental health? And so for me, it was um, years of being depressed, right? And when I grew up, it wasn't something we talked about. It, and it's, it's even now, you know, telling somebody you're depressed and wanting to get help still has a little bit of a stigma to it. Um, but back then it was really, um, not something to discuss. So it was something I kind of had to deal with on my own, knowing that I just wanted to feel better. And, um, but I guess before I got there, let me, let me just say I couldn't poop. And so, you know, I was constipated a lot as a kid. And so if you constipated a lot, you get to the point where you're like, okay, there's got to be a better way to live. There's got to be a better way to do this. And so when I was in college, college is one of those places where you expand your awareness, right? You you get, you were exposed to so many different things. And so I was exposed to people that were vegetarians. I, I'm from Chicago, very meat and potatoes. Um, you know, we grew up. There was a nation of Islam at the time and there was, so they didn't eat pork. And so I was familiar with that, but I was not familiar with not eating meat at all. And so I ran into a lot of places um, in school and people in school and began to look at and identify. And there are people that are very adamant about what certain foods do to your body. And I was like, okay, I feel terrible. I can't poop now. Let me look at making that transition and seeing how I felt and it worked. I mean, it was, it was a, my transition was totally a gradual process, but it was like, okay, I feel better. I'm lighter. I, you know, don't have so many bouts of depression um, and anxiety. And what I can say is those, that food transition opened way for me to really begin to look at now the triggers 
that can set things off down the road. I mean, I, my, my mindfulness and conscious awareness became more open and more developed to be able to put other pieces in place to help me on my journey and to be able to connect the dots. Yeah, definitely. To be able to see the connection between what you're eating and then how it makes you feel. And what was the first step? What did you cut out, you know, meat altogether? Did you become vegan or vegetarian? How did you start implementing that? Um, I cut out the first thing I cut out. The first thing I cut out was meat. Uh, And so I remember this to this day, I decided I wasn't going to eat any more red meat. And I gave up my last thing was a Burger King cheeseburger. I was craving it. And I can remember saying, okay, this is the last thing I'm going to eat, which is, um, I walked in, I went to school in Atlanta. I walked across the street. I'm like, okay, this is my last cheeseburger. I sat down with it. I enjoyed it. I loved it. I smelled it. I went through all those sensations and I walked out and I haven't looked back. And so I think you have to say goodbye to things, you know? I think there's some part of that ceremony that you're just like, I'm ready to let it go. Let me do this last thing and then move on. And you have to, you have to really, you know, and I hate to say this, but you have to kind of really want it bad enough, right? You have to want it bad enough to do something different. There's, there's a saying, when the pain of changing is greater than the pain of staying the same, you begin to make some changes, right? Oh, did I say that wrong? No, I said that wrong. It's a reverse. When the pain of staying the same is greater than the pain of changing, then you're like, okay, it's time for me to change. I don't like this anymore. This this no longer serves my life. This hurts. This keeps me in a space I don't want to be in. How do I get out of it? And that moves you to the next step, which then moves you to the next step and to the next step. Yeah, it takes dedication and it takes sacrifice and you have to really be dedicated to it and making that change. And so for you, like you mentioned, some of the constipation, you were kind of feeling bottled up and I'm sure mentally as well. What were you experiencing at that time and how did the food help? Okay, so food... I began to notice how food moved through my body. Um, Even now, I mean, as I eat, one of the things that I've noticed, and this is where science has begun to catch up with the things that we begin to feel. I think, you know, science can imitate life and, and vice versa. But what I understood at the time and what I understand now is that the foods that I eat, and I wasn't eating enough fiber, Um, did not induce my digestive system to move, hence also creating the serotonin that's in the body. Um, But it's the fiber that does that. And so 90% of serotonin is created in the gut. Now people will say, well, does all of that go to your brain? Well, some of it does. And then some of it is used throughout the body for bodily functions. But um, without having that fiber in, I didn't feel better. I didn't go to the bathroom. I didn't feel the movement go through my system. Um, And so now, later, years later, I also began to put that together with my nervous system and the vagus nerve and understanding also that there are other things that do affect my digestion and my mood. 
um, my nervous system, right? The flight or fight response and whether or not I'm tensing up and, and that can affect it. I mean, it's, it's a whole working piece. Um, but it, it was definitely gradual. And that first step was enough to say, huh, there's something to this. Let me continue on this journey. And that's where if you do it right, you get caught, you know, you're like, oh, this is it. Let me, there's got to be more down this road than the road I came from. And how do I begin to integrate that into my life? Right. And I'm sure that once you saw results and you saw, okay, this is making me feel better, that made you more motivated to keep going. Yeah, it did. And so, you know, with, with mental health, though, and depression, one of the things, too, is you still have a trigger, right? There's still, there can still be something that happens in your life and you're like, oh, I feel terrible. I'm just going to go and do whatever. So then you want to go back to those old habits. And when I did that, and actually I never went back to eating meat, but there were times it took longer to give up chicken. And so there were moments that I would go back to chicken and I did feel bad and I could, it did not go through my system and it just got stuck. Um, and again, went back to not pooping for three, four, and that just takes you so out of the game. It's like, um, and, and the only thing I can, can associate it with is if you drank too much and had a hangover the next day, right? Who has time for a hangover? You know, who's got time to let it get in the way of your life? Who has time? I didn't have time to be constipated so bad that I didn't want to get out of bed, that I didn't want to think about anything else that I did, which, which totally fueled my anxiety and depression, which also then made me not want to talk to anybody. I mean, it was just like, boom, 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 boom. And it's like, okay, this part I can fix. The rest of it comes along the way with learning more and experiences. Um, it's worth it. I'm worth it. Yeah. My life is worth it to do something different. Definitely. And anyone who's struggling, who's not feeding themselves the right thing can benefit. And you deserve to eat better. You deserve to treat yourself to things that actually contribute to overall, overall health. And like you mentioned, you were feeling physically ill. You couldn't go to the bathroom. So then that led to you laying in bed and not having motivation for other things. And it seems like you started with the red meat, then you took out the chicken. Did you cut out processed foods or what was the evolution to where you are now with what you eat? And so when I still in college, you know, when you're that age, it's if you don't have your own kitchen and I didn't, you were kind of forced to eat. You know, there was a, there was a cafeteria. Um, I'm still in, I was still in the South. So what I had access to was still a little different than now um, back in the day. And so but there were healthier options. So I always looked for the healthier option. When I began to be able to cook for myself, it was a lot easier. Um, and processed food took a little longer because it was faster. And at that period in my life, I was a lot on the go, moving around. Um, so I would do the vegetarian, no meat, vegan options at half had a fast food restaurant, which is why it took fish a longer time to leave my diet. Um, because you could go, and I hate to say it, but at the time, you know, when I was in my 20s, McDonald's was at the, you know, I was eating McDonald's. So you could get a 
a fish burger and fries and, and orange coke. Um, and then I think the last time I did that, I was I got deathly ill. I was like, okay, I can't do this anymore. And um, I began to look at other ways. Once I had a kitchen, I definitely started cooking for myself. And it was much easier then. And, and it doesn't have to be anything fancy. It was never fancy. It was just, I was good at soups, right? Soups and, and a rice or something like that. I was good at those things. And I had to figure out what, and that was the process. Now I can cook. Now I know what goes through my body quickly and what doesn't, what causes me issues and what doesn't. And then I was in total control of what I ate. And that's when it totally took off. It's like, oh, okay, let's do this. Let's do that. Let's research this. Let's look at that. Let's try this. Let's do that. You know, then I could bring in the esoteric, right? I could now bring in the seaweeds. I could get seaweed, you know, on a fast food place. I could bring in you know, my herbal things. I couldn't do that when I was out before. So that, so then it totally evolved. And by then I was hooked. That's great. It's like that initial analyzation, you know, figuring out what you're eating, how it's impacting you and what you need to eat more of, and then just kind of applying it. And you're right. It's not that difficult. It's challenging when you're moving around and you're on the go. That's probably when it's the most difficult to make healthy choices. But at the same time, with the internet, there's so many recipes. There's so much out there. It is so much different now than it was 30 years ago. I mean, I told somebody I didn't eat meat and I was going to a conference or whatever. I got, I, the tray of celery and carrots was for me, you know, um, or somebody would make, you know, they got a little better. Maybe they made spaghetti with no meat, right? But what was so annoying is all the carnivores ate all the vegetarian food. So I can never go back for seconds. And it was just like, really? You guys have this over there. Why are you eating this? Yeah. Um, and so it was it was much harder than it is now. But even now, the I think the thing that people think, like the, the vegan processed food is still processed food. It's right. vegan, but it's still processed. It's still going to affect your body in that same way as opposed to live healthy food that you're going to make yourself or going out to a healthy restaurant to get. And so there is that kind of misnomer that you can eat beyond burger burgers every day or, you know, and still be healthy. Granted, it's not meat. And so that helps that whole, helps the sustainability, not eating animal conversation but in terms of affecting your health, you know, the, I think the data will be out shortly to see how that's going to affect us all down the line. Right. So with your clients or with individuals that you work with, how do you approach to find what will work for them specifically? Okay. So we always start with, you know, first of all, everybody, literally, your, my body, your body, everybody's different, right? And so we start with, depends on their goals. Uh, most people come to me because they have had some chronic issue or they are having some issues with anxiety, depression, and they want to transition to a plant-based diet but don't know how. And so that's my baseline. That's where I work with people. And so we start the first week with slowly taking meat out and seeing how that feels, right? And so that's that first week where people begin to take meat out. Some of them will feel lighter. Some of them will be like, I'm still hungry. I'm, I'm getting headaches because I'm really hungry. And so that's when we begin to adjust 
and what your diet needs to look like. And then that next week, we do do like a day smoothie fast. So that kind of totally kind of resets your system. It's a reset and it's a three day reset and there are adjustments in there. Like I, for one, it's hard for me to just do liquids for three days. So how do we adjust that for, for people along the way? And then we transition into um, plant-based foods. And so, and then we, and we do that from an alkaline base, meaning live foods, foods that are going to support your electrical body, um, foods that are not going to um, cause any additional damage. And then according to if somebody has high blood pressure, I mean, you know, high blood pressure, high cholesterol, for the most part, a plant-based diet, a general plant-based diet works with both of that, with all of those. But then sometimes people have food sensitivities and that's really when you get into, okay, what foods work for you? What foods don't? Let's focus on those and let's gradually see how we can put the other ones in. And, and sometimes even before we get there, there's still such a wide variety of things for people to eat. It's like, okay, I could do this. I can go home and make a quick bowl. I can do a smoothie in the morning. I can do a bowl. I can do dinner. I can eat these snacks in between. I can, if I'm eating out, this is what I need to eat from the menu. These are the questions I ask. These, and so it's that, and that's a lot for somebody that's just transitioning. That's, that's huge. I mean, from that space, you can build. So I help people develop a foundation because what I believe is it's a journey that's ongoing and changing and you'll find your way but you just need help with the foundation. Yeah, and it takes time and effort, and I'm sure that you can help them hold themselves accountable, but it's still very difficult to make a change like this. Like it's a lifestyle change to change your eating habits. What is the biggest challenge in supporting your clients or people going through this journey? The biggest challenge I have seen um, you don't have great clients. I'll, I'll just start. I'll start there. By the time people get to me, they're like, I don't know what else to do. You know, so they're like, I'm here. I'm ready. Um, and so some of the biggest challenges, honestly, is people trusting themselves. It's trusting yourself that one, you do know enough to get started. You are, you deserve it, right? So we definitely talk about your why and what it is you want and your mindset and then switching how you look at things. Um, and then it's about consistency. And so I work with five people at, at a five week um, block of time. And so that's really just a, a dip your toe in, right? And so I'm actually developing a longer program that's about three, four months that I can stay with you longer. And we actually talk about other things. So once we get the food down, now we talk about the mindset piece. We talk about what's your support system. We talk about what's your community. And I'm building a community around that work. So you, we won't be doing that part alone. And that helps with that. Who do you talk to? Because a lot of people do do this by themselves. And that's part of the problem. If you were the only one, you're doing it alone. You don't have anyone to talk to. Um, your friends are like, well, why are you doing that? you know, or your family's like, I'm not going to give up meat, you're on, you know, so there's, there's yeah. some of that, that's a lot of it and the support. And then not really just kind of being able to stick to your guns and trust that it works. 
I'm glad you mentioned the, the mindset because that really is the foundation for making any change. But I'm interested in knowing some people might have like chronic problems with food, whether it's food addiction or it can be a substance that people use to cope. You know, so how do you navigate that when someone might be addicted to food or it's really difficult because they also use food to heal their pain in a way that's unhealthy? Yeah. And so what I help them do is just we do mind awareness work, because part of that is understanding that you have that issue. Right. And then the other part of that, I'm not necessarily equipped to go into the psychology and the therapy around that. So I always urge them to find somebody that can help them if it is definitely an addiction, because at some point we won't be able to do our work unless you are also working through that. Um, but I, what I have seen is that it's, it's a noticing. When do you do the things that, and this goes back to what we said before, the connections, right? When do you notice that you're doing that self-soothing? When do you notice, like for me, if it happens, when I do it, and I do, I mean, you're, we're all human, you know, it's not a consistent thing. But for me, if I'm up late at night because I'm anxious or I've got a deadline to meet, or I'm working on something, there's that, that hand to mouth thing. Um, but other than that, I don't do it. You know, it's not like I have that, I can, I can switch back to this is, where I am at and this is where I want to live. And then there was that moment. I also think part of it is giving ourselves grace because there's a compounding to that that I've noticed people have done. Oh, I did this, I couldn't stick with it. And so I couldn't stick with it is, I did great for three days and then I ate something I wasn't supposed to. And so I'm done because I fell off. Well, no, go back. You know, go just, just tomorrow's another day, get back on track. You did it for three days, do it for, you know, just keep doing it. This is your baseline. Uh, people say, well, what is your cheat? And my cheat is probably dessert, like I said, late at night or going, you know, um, if I, my cheats are going out to restaurants, right? Because in a restaurant, I know I'm going to get oil. Um, I know that I might have, um, a dessert. Um, I know that I might have a glass of wine. Those are my cheats, right? Um, tomorrow, I'm back on it. And that felt good. The other thing is, I enjoyed it. We often cheat, hating that we cheat. And so if you're not happy about, you know, it's, it's a total mind, you know, we, we, we totally mess ourselves up, you know. I while you're eating something you're not supposed to be eating, you're telling yourself that that's a bad thing to do and that's 10 you're terrible and da 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 da. See, it, the thing that it's constantly running, right? As opposed to saying, oh, it's Friday. I made it to Friday. I'm gonna, I'm gonna give myself a treat. And it's a treat. It's not a whole pie. It's not, you know, it's a slice of pie that you may go out and get. You're not bringing the pie into the house. You know, there are ways to do these things that you don't also feel like you're depriving yourself and you do them with grace. We're human, nobody's perfect. And to be able to give yourself grace during this process is one of the, you know, give yourself a break basically, you know, and, and move on, move to the next day. 
But if, if you are in a space of addiction, and I always tell people, if you are having, you know, suicide ideologies or those things, get immediate help. There's no reason to not do that. There's no reason to. The food thing is always going to be here. But if you are in such a state, handle that immediately. And then let's deal with the food. Yeah, definitely. And I like what you said about the moderation. Like a treat doesn't have to be a binge of everything you've been like, not eating it can just be a little treat and you don't have to feel guilty about that but i do feel like a lot of people might struggle with just all or nothing mentality where it's like you said they skip one day and then they're like i'm done with this how do you think covid's affected this in general like the way that people eat i know for me personally i'm home i'm bored there's not a lot of peaks in my life i'm not that you know, I'm not having these great days lately. So my highlight is sometimes treating myself to food, but I know that's not a great way to manage my stress. How has COVID affected food in general? I think it's affected two ways. I, I, and I think people are kind of on these spectrums, right? Where people have, a lot of people have taken this time to really look at what they're eating, look at what they're eating, look at how they're feeling, look at, oh, wow, I'm in this space in my life. It, it has provided such introspection, you know, to our lives. Oh, wow. And, and again, most, a lot of my clients are older, right? So they may have come in with some chronic illness. It's like, I have time now to fix this. I have time to look at this. I am now in charge of my food at my house. What do I need to eat? And so there's a lot, there's, there's those questions that are happening. I think the opposite end of the spectrum is that there is, people are, you know, having depressive moments and anxious moments and are eating a lot of things maybe they hadn't before. You know, it was the COVID-15, but then there are a lot of people like, okay, I put on the COVID-15, I'm done. I don't need to do that anymore. And so even for me, it's like, this is an important period of, introspection introspection and deciding where I want to be next in my life what do I want to do who do I want to be who do I what is who is that person and feeding myself well to get there is important sleeping is another one I think you know people stay up I mean I have my, I like the nighttime I've always been a night owl but it's not something I can do every day you know I can't stay up you know, wee hours of the morning all the time. And so I do have to go to sleep. I ha it's about managing yourself. But again, from that mindset of why, well, what is my goal? What am I trying to achieve? How do I want to feel? And am I committed enough to myself to be able to do that? And if the answer is yes, again, one step at a time, giving yourself grace. I did well today. Pat yourself on the back you know, write in your journal, write your gratitude things, things that you're happy for. You have to keep, you also have to work on keeping a heightened state of awareness and a heightened state of gratitude. And it just continues to roll. It's the same, it, it rolls either way, right? If you're ruminating about the bad things that continues to roll and you continue to have these thoughts, right? If you can start to have higher thoughts or better thoughts, I won't say higher, but just um, gratitude and thoughts. Gratitude is a great way to keep that ball rolling, right? Um, one of the things that came to me in, in some of my studies was uh, people have 
thoughts about things that could happen in the in the future right and you you think and sometimes that depressive state or that anxiety is something bad is going to happen right something terrible is going to happen and so there's this there's a statement of of faith right well if you have faith faith is the option faith by definition is the belief in something not seen right and we often associate having faith with something good right well, the anxiety and the depressive thought about something happening bad in the future is also faith that something bad will happen. In that moment, you get to choose. Why have why believe in something that's going to happen in the future that's bad when well, you can believe in something that's going to happen in the future that's good? That's a choice that you make, right? It's like, I'd rather... And when somebody said that to me, I was like, huh, I'm having faith in either or. Why not choose to have faith and something better. And that begins to fuel and change how I feel about it. And it's just, it's a total shift in energy and how you feel and how I think about things. So that's one of those things, like we said, when we talk about mindset, it's about what do you want to have faith in? You know, what do you believe? And so is that something you ask the people that you work with? You know, what are you looking to accomplish and like what what is the mindset that you want to achieve well, yeah I have we our first day is values and mindset we go through values what you set up your values um like and I have a, a grid a worksheet where do the values minor truth vitality and love what are my beliefs about that and what are the behaviors that follow that in my life you know um truth i speak the truth and and i have them frame it in a way that we talk about nutrition and food right so if mine is truth then you know i speak the truth as i know it about food and what i know about that and that behavior shows out in me and teaching this and teaching these classes right um for me love what do i believe about love that love is a source of pretty much everything, right? Love is a way to be, it's a way to, to move forward in the world. And I love how I feel when I eat well. I love where healthy food has gotten me in my life. Um, and what's the behavior about that? When I cook something that I'm making for myself or others, I enjoy that process. I enjoy, I don't come to having to prep my food with such, oh, I hate this, this is taking too long. I don't come from that space. It's I do it with joy. I do it with love. I know that what I'm cooking is going to, to support my body in such a way that it's going to give me so much energy. I make a salad and when I finish eating the salad, I'm like, okay, I'm ready to go. I'm not like, oh, I need to sleep for three hours. You know, there's a difference in what your food can do. So yeah, we, we definitely, we talk about the mindset. We talk about what your goals are because we don't know that. Can we reach them? Can we? And and where are we on that spectrum, you know, of how far away are we from your goals? What can we, you know, do in five weeks? What's realistic? What can we, um, and that's with a quick one-on-one. -on -one. And then the next one is in three, three months, where will you be? And so, yeah, we definitely talk about that. It's important to understand. And then I always ask my, what's the, what's the legacy you want to leave? You know, where do you want to be? I mean, you, we also think about that. What legacy, in 10, in 10 years, what do you want your legacy to be? What do you want to look back in your wake and have left behind you? And when you look at that from a perspective of my purpose on life, okay, if that's your legacy, that's what you want to leave behind, who do you have to be? 
How do you have to treat yourself? How do you have to take care of yourself? How do you have to fuel yourself to be able to do that work? And we don't look at it like that. I love that. And it seems like your legacy is now sharing what you've learned in your own journey with food with others. So you started the story in college. How did you get to where you are now? And how is food continuing to heal you? You know, I had that same thought myself the other day. I was like, what am I? You know, every now and then we always take a, a thought, like, what am I doing? Where am I going? Is this something I want to continue to do? You know, we sit and we have those moments with ourselves, right? Um, and so I also study plants and herbs. And I think the herbs and the plants and the food, they've gotten me here. Like, I just, I turned 56 about three weeks ago you know, and I feel great. Um, I still walk and hike and move around. I don't have any issues in my life. I don't have, you know, I don't have any chronic diseases. I don't have any of those things. Um, I, the things that have affected me and my body have been nervous system things, right? And so my nervous system from and these are the things I'm looking at now, partly my constitution of when I came into this world, you know, what was my structural constitution? How did my environment affect that? Um, how did my thoughts and experiences affect my nervous system? And again, my digestion. And how do I move to the next phase? you know, where that doesn't affect me. What do I need to have in place? Where, and so this is a new journey that I'm on. It's like, you know, for the next part of my life, I just want to be content. No matter what's going on around me, it's about being content. It's about being at peace. It's about continuing to share and teach what I know and not stress about that. Uh, and how do I continue to be in that space as now, I guess, I'm an elder you know, um, what can I, and I plan to be, I know you laugh, but and I plan to be here, you know, for another 40 years doing the same thing in this space, feeling like this. Uh, I think it is now at a different age, right? So the same things I was doing in 20 and 30 and 40, I'm looking at adjusting at 50 and 60. Still the same baseline in food, you know, but now my, my herbal regimens may be different to um, deal with some things that may be happening as you age. Uh, and so, but for me, it's really about, I just want to be content. I want to be at peace. I'm tired of, I don't, I no longer want to worry about anything. And I don't for the most part. Um, but yeah, that's, that's it now. And then what do I want to begin to offer more to the world? And so this is where in my own development, I'm beginning to now have the conversations about the energetics and spirituality of food and raising consciousness and how do we look at food as a next space of raising consciousness. Many people are already doing it on the vegan side and, and animal rights side. And, you know, there's the rainforest and all of that is a part of, of who we are and, and what we do. And we're so connected to that, but then also now what are we eating and what is the food that we're eating? How is that also raising our consciousness unconsciously and consciously for, for lack of better terms? Yeah, your perspective is so valuable as you've, you know, lived through different phases. So I feel like that could even inform 
your approach that much more. When you work with different age groups, you've been there, you've experienced that, and you know what worked for you. So that'll be super helpful in giving advice to other people as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm looking forward to it. And so like I said, most of the people that are coming to me are 40s, you know, 40s to 60s. I, I've noticed that there are some 35s that are following me. And I'm like, that's great. You know, um, I didn't think about that, but I was like, okay, cool. Uh, they haven't quite reached out, but you know, people always, people watch and people are in, always in, you know, your peripheral, you're there around, people pay attention and, 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 and watch. So I'm like, okay, cool. Whatever I can provide, however I can help, I'm here to do that. Yeah. And you're helping a lot of people. It's really a beautiful story that you've shared with us today of how you've taken your own experience to now spread that and share this message with the world. And it's something that needs to be talked about more because how many of us could be in a better place mentally if we ate better? And what would be your best advice for anyone you work with or someone who's like, I want to start my journey of eating better? What would you say to them? Always go back to the why, right? Why do you want to do this? Understanding it, let's make it very plain. Let's make it very clear. And then the other questions I talk about are, what's your life like now? You know, you know, how are you living? Because it's a lifestyle change. It's not a diet change. And it's understanding that this is now a way of life. And this is something that you're going to bring into your life. Um, and it's going to be with you from now until. And there are steps and there are phases to it. But be gentle with yourself right? And figure out how this actually works for you. Yeah, that grace piece, that patience, have patience with yourself. And it's about deciding on the why and then taking action on it. Mm -hmm. And some people would go, I got to do it right now. I got to do it. Okay. But will you be able to maintain that? You know, some things start when they, when they say, what is the, there's another phrase, when things start with fire, you know, they burn out quickly. You know, you take gradual steps. And just bit by bit, you know, and it is a journey. Sometimes you'll get it, sometimes you won't, sometimes. And then it, then, it, then there'll be that moment where it go, bing, and it will lock in. And so as with anything, we study, we learn, we gain more information, we, we experience more. And then finally, it clicks. And so you just got to hang in there long enough for the click. Yeah, it's a process, definitely. Well, Julie, thank you so much for being here. We're so lucky to have the Food Alchemists on our podcast. Julie, where can everyone find you? Where can people connect with you? Let's drop those socials. Right. So it's Fresh Food Alchemist. You can find me on IG at Fresh Food Alchemy. If you are a clubhouse, you can find me at, at Plant Nutrition. Um, on Facebook, it's Fresh Food Alchemy. And of course, my website, freshfoodalchemy.com. If you go to the website on freshfoodalchemy.com, you'll find a 41 day, a 41, a list of 41 most nutrient dense fruits and vegetables. You just put in your email and it's a free download. So that's always a great place to start too. So you just have that great, oh, these are the guys that will begin to give you the polyphenols, the polynutrients, those deep nutrients that your body needs and also raise your mood. So I look forward to um, conversing with you, chatting with you. Anytime, just reach out. Awesome. 
you heard it here, guys. Definitely check this out. Um, like she mentioned, there's a great resource already that you can just download for free. So that's super awesome. And thank you, Julie, again. Thank you for what you're doing and for spreading your message on our podcast. And this was another episode of Brains Out Loud. See you guys next time.